Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. So I want to just continue with you today. Something that we've been talking about over the last few weeks that it is on the heart of God, but it's also on the heart of this pastor, and I hope it's on the heart of every follower of Christ. And I've been speaking to you about witnessing, about witnessing and winning people to Jesus Christ in this series that I'm calling The Witness, The Witness. And I've shared with you three essential mandates that Jesus gave to his church if the church was going to go and be a powerful and healthy and growing church in these last days. And and, and that's what we want, right? We want to be a, a powerful and we want to be a healthy and we want to be a growing church in these last days. And these three essential mandates that I've been sharing with you, these mandates that we find that Jesus gave to his church are are prayer, evangelism, which is witnessing, and, and discipleship. And these three mandates we find in God's mission for this local church. And I just want to tell you and express to you as your pastor, my heart is that everyone that is connected with this church whether you're a member or what, it doesn't matter. If you're connected with this church and you call this church home, my heart as your pastor is that you would be an agent working to fulfill God's mission for this church, that everyone would be a part of this mission, not just a few here and there, but everybody in this church would be connected to God's mission. And we would be uh, uh, passionate about carrying out God's mission. Well, what is God's mission for this church? Well, you'll see the three mandates here. We are a praying church that loves God and loves people. We are a place of hope for anybody from anywhere. Hallelujah. And the heart of this church is to reflect Jesus by seeking the lost and serving the suffering and sharing life together as we grow spiritually. You see in that mission there, you find prayer, you find evangelism, and you find discipleship. And my heart is that all of us would connect and be agents to carry out God's mission. Because listen, the truth is if we're going to be a powerful, healthy, growing church, then we need to be a witnessing church. We need to be a witness in church. We need a church full of witnesses. What is a witness? Let's review for a minute. A witness is a person who gives a testimony about something that they have seen or heard or experienced in their life. It's a person that gives a testimony. It's something they've seen, heard, or experienced in their life. And every one of us here that are followers of Jesus Christ, that we have experienced his grace in our life, and our life has been changed, we've been redeemed. Listen, you are now a witness for Christ. You are a witness for Christ. Everyone that is a follower of Christ is a witness for Christ. And being a witness, being a witness for Christ in this world is God's purpose for your life. I know I'm repeating some things, but I was always told in school, that's how you learn. You just keep repeating it. You keep repeating it. And God's purpose in your life is for you to be a witness. Jesus said these words here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive power. 
Not you might or we hope so. He says, you're going to receive power. You will receive power. When you accept Jesus into your life, you will receive power and you will be my witness. Not you might be or we hope you will be. He says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are called God's purpose for your life, your life, your life, your life, my life. God's purpose for us is to be a witness. Not witnessing, but be a witness through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so over the past few weeks, we've discovered from God's Word some mighty motivators from the life of the Apostle Paul that motivated him to be one of the most powerful and effective witnesses that ever walked this earth. What motivated Paul? What motivated Paul to to witness, to be a witness and to win people to Jesus Christ the way he did? Well, let's just review again. We know that Paul was motivated by his conversion. He had this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. This man that that was persecuting Christians has this encounter with Christ and his life is converted. His life is changed. He's saved. He's born again. And let me tell you, church, let me remind you, if you've had an encounter with Jesus Christ, your life will change. He will change you. He will change you into a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, so Paul was converted. His conversion motivated him, and then his calling motivated him. When we read about how Paul was a chosen instrument to carry the name of Christ into the world. Listen, Paul was chosen to carry the name of Christ into the world, and we, the church, we are chosen to carry the name of Christ into this world. He was motivated by conversion. He was motivated by his calling, and he, we learned last Sunday that he was motivated by compassion, by compassion. Paul was motivated with crazy compassion. We learned that. He was accused of being crazy. He says, I'll become all things to all men so some can be saved. He had a crazy compassion, and guess who he had crazy compassion for? All people, all people. So we know his compassion motivated him. And today, we're going to discover two more motivators from Paul's life that moved him to witness, to be a witness and to win people to Jesus Christ. The first motivator is compulsion. I want you to notice here Paul's compulsion. We find it in the same passage that I shared with you last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and you see it in verse 9. Paul's compulsion in his life is what motivated him. Listen to what he says right here. Remember, we're in the context here of, of Paul standing there and telling them that you know he's, he's there to be an ambassador for Christ. He's there to be a minister of reconciliation. He's talking about witnessing. He's talking about winning people to Christ. And listen to what he says in verse 9. He says, therefore, he says, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to God to be well-pleasing to God. Paul had a compulsion in his life that drove him because he wanted to be well-pleasing to God. That word compulsion, let me just give you a definition to kind of help you understand. It's a passion that moves you. Paul had this compulsion. It was a passion that drove him. It was a passion that moved him. And that passion in his life was to be well-pleasing to God. He wanted to be well-pleasing to God. And that's what motivated him to be a witness for Christ because he had a passion. He had a passion. He had a passion to please God with his life. 
So much so that we heard Paul say things like this that you find in Colossians. He says, I pray that I may live a life worthy of the Lord and that I may please him in every way, bearing good fruit in every good work. That's Paul's testimony. He's he's so moved with his compulsion, this passion, that he would say, I want to live my life worthy to the Lord and pleasing to him in every way bearing good fruit in every good work that's a good prayer to pray for all of us isn't it Paul had a passion he had a passion to please God in every way and in every good work and we all know here that passion is powerful passion is powerful passion to please God will will drive you passion to please God will will push you passion to please God will will motivate you passion to please God will keep you going forward in the most chaotic and challenging times in your life passion will to please God will keep you from giving up when you when you feel like quitting passion is a powerful motivator and Paul was full of passion he was a passionate man because of his encounter with Christ He preached the gospel with passion. He served others with passion. Paul did the work of the Lord with passion. He wrote letters to the church with passion. Paul witnessed to others that were lost with passion. His passion, listen to me, it was his passion that motivated him in his life. What a great motivation to have, right? What a great motivation for all of us to have. That our motivation would be, I want to live a life worthy and pleasing to God. In every way and in every good work, bearing fruit, that's, 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 a, that's a great motivator to have in life. What a great motivator to have in life that you want to please God, not pleasing ourselves or pleasing man, but living a life passionately uh, wanting to please God. How many of y'all have ever heard of uh, pastor and evangelist Greg Laurie from California? You've ever heard his name before? Well, he's a great, great uh, pastor, great evangelist. Part of his testimony, he says these words here, very relevant to this message today and all of us that are gathered here. He makes this comment. It comes down to this ultimate choice in life. Will I spend my life pleasing myself or will I spend my life pleasing God? That's the question for us today. Are we going to spend all of our life trying to please ourselves or are we going to live a life that's pleasing to God? Let me ask you this morning, do you have a passion? Do you have a passion that moves you to want to please God? Do you have a passion that moves you to want to please God in every way, in every good work in your life? Do you have passion? I'm asking you as a follower of Christ, do you have a passion, the same passion that Christ had, that he would be willing to come and die on a cross and shed his blood so sinners could be saved? The same passion that the Father has when the Bible says, you know what's pleasing to Him? He says that all men would be saved. It's God's passion. It's God's heart. It's God's desire that He wants everyone to come unto repentance and to be saved. God's heart is for us to witness so we can win people to Christ. And I ask you again, do you have passion? Do you have passion for lost people to be saved? Passion for people to be transformed by the power of God. Do you have a passion to see people have a communion with God and watch them begin to grow in their walk with Him? Do you have a passion to witness? Do you have a passion to see God's mission accomplished here for this local church? I'm asking you, do you have passion? 
And I promise to you what I'm about to say, I'm not saying it to intend to upset anybody or offend anybody. My my prayer is, and hopefully it's going to be encouraging to you, it's going to be uplifting to you, it's also going to be challenging to you. But listen to me, please. If you have no passion in your life to to be a witness, and if you have no passion to attempt to win people to Jesus Christ, let me just tell you, you're not living a life pleasing to God. You're not living a life pleasing to God in every way. And listen, we live a lot of things pleasing God in every good way and in some good works. I mean, the truth is, we can come to church on Sunday and be faithful and have a perfect attendance. We can come on Wednesday night to prayer service and have a perfect attendance, and we should. We should do all those things. We can open up our Bibles and we can read our Bibles, and we should. We, should, we pray daily and we should. We could come to the prayer meeting tomorrow night like we should. We can give money to the work of the Lord like we should. But listen to me. If you're not witnessing and winning people, at least attempting to do it, you're not pleasing to God. The greatest way, the greatest way to please God is to be a witness. It's because it's what His purpose is for us. You shall be my witness. And the greatest way to please God is to be a witness and to win souls to Christ. That's what moved Paul. That's his, that was his compulsion. That was, the, that was the passion that he had in his life. His passion was to live a life worthy and pleasing to God in every good way, in every good work, bearing fruit. That was his passion. What is your passion? Do you have that same one? Because that should be our passion as well as followers of Christ. God help us. I'll never forget the story that I read recently of a Christian man who spent his entire life working in the church, a very faithful man who who was committed to helping the church and serving the church year after year, whatever the church needed. He was always there, and he was just very faithful to the ministry and would do anything at all to make sure that the ministry was going forward. And later in his life, he became very ill, and on his deathbed, he asked his wife to send word to his pastor to come to him. And so after the request was made to his pastor, his pastor came. And I want you to listen to the very last words that this Christian man shared with his pastor as he laid there on his deathbed. This Christian man said this. He says, Pastor, I'm saved, and I'm going to heaven, and I'm not afraid to die. He says, I'm saved, and I'm going to heaven, and I'm not afraid to die. He says, but I am ashamed to die. He says, I'm ashamed to die. He says, I'm ashamed to die because I've never led anyone to Jesus Christ. What a shame it will be for followers of Christ to show up in heaven empty-handed. What a shame, Paul says, if you keep reading this chapter, that we would stand before the Lord one day and we would all stand before Him in heaven empty-handed. I don't know if you're okay with that, but I sure I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. God's dealing with me. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to stand before our Lord empty-handed. I want to stand with Him, with, with people that we've reached and witnessed and won them to Christ. I want to stand there. I, want to, I don't want to show up in heaven empty-handed. And so God, move us with a passion like Paul had to let it be our aim to please God with a passion to witness and a passion to win people to Jesus Christ before it's too late. Listen, there'll be no need to witness when we get to heaven. It's going to be too late. May we do everything we can with a passion to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, to to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. 
God, help me, help me. Help me to have that compulsion, God, that, that passion, that passion, God, that will drive me past any fear, that will drive me past my, and get me out of my comfort zone, God, so I can be a witness and win people to Jesus Christ. The witness is motivated by compulsion and the witness is also motivated by conviction, by conviction. I want you to notice Paul's conviction. That same chapter there in chapter five, if you go to verse 11, listen to what Paul says. He says, knowing therefore, knowing, because I know this is what Paul's saying. He says, because I know this, knowing therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I, listen, because I know that there's a raft for sinners to face, a real hell for sinners to face, I do everything I can to persuade men. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, Paul was motivated to witness because he had a conviction that there was a real hell for those who died without Jesus Christ. What is conviction? Conviction is a strong persuasion Conviction is a strong belief that we have. And Paul was strongly persuaded. He was strongly convicted that hell was a real place for the unsaved, the ungodly, the unrepentant, and the unbeliever. Paul was strongly persuaded that hell was a real place for those who refused to turn from their sin and their wickedness and rejected the offer of God's salvation through Christ alone. Paul strongly believed that. He was strongly persuaded. He had that conviction in him knowing that hell was a real place. Paul was strongly persuaded that hell was a place that was a place of total separation from God's presence. Paul strongly believed that hell was a place of the unquenchable fire. Paul strongly believed that hell was an, a place of never-ending torment and anguish. Paul was strongly persuaded that hell was a place of total darkness. Paul was strongly convicted inside that hell was a horrible place, a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Paul strongly believed hell was a horrible place where the worm, the memory, never dies. Paul was convicted. He was convicted. This man had a conviction. He was strongly persuaded. He had a strong belief that hell was a real place. And it persuaded him to reach men so they could be saved from the terror of the Lord. How many of you have ever heard of the Salvation Army? I know we have. The great founder of the Salvation Army is General William Booth. Got a picture there of him. He was the founder of the Salvation Army. If you ever get a chance and you want to be blessed, you need to read stories about this great man of God. He was an evangelist at heart, had a fire for God and wanted to make an impact on this world and, and God used him in a mighty way but General Booth founder of the Salvation Army they would hold these crusades in these different cities and I'm talking about places where we would never want to take our families into uh, places where they were uh, just crime infested and, and prostitution and places like that and he would take his uh, Salvation Army team and they would go in there and they would hold these crusades and they would be witnessing and they would be winning people to Jesus Christ and when they would prepare for these crusades in these cities, General Booth would bring together his army of workers of the Salvation Army, and he would get them together, and I want you to hear what he would tell them. He would look at all of them like I'm looking at you right now, and he says, I wish all of you would go to hell. Now, he didn't use it in the sense that we hear it today, 
But he was saying, I wish you would all go to hell for 24 hours so you could hear the screams and you could hear the torment and you could feel the pain and you could experience the anguish and the punishment that's going on for the people who have turned or have died without Jesus Christ. He says, I wish all of you could go there and experience that because he believed, we and Booth believed that if they could experience that, that that would motivate them to go out and be a witness and to win as many people to Christ as they could before it was too late. He believed, this man, William, Seymour, William Booth, he believed and was convicted that hell was a real place for anybody whose name was not written in the, in the book of life that we find in Revelation 20.15. It says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Listen, church, if, if Paul was motivated with conviction and if, and if General Booth was motivated with conviction, shouldn't we, the church, be motivated with a conviction to, to be a witness and to win people to Jesus because we know that hell is a real place because God's Word says it is. And I know a lot of you right now, and I'm sure there's people watching online you may not like what I'm saying now about hell. You may not even believe what I'm saying about hell. But I want to tell you this. No matter how you feel about it, it does not change the truth that hell is still a real place. It's still a real place. And the truth is, uh, I know that in the majority of churches across America that hell is not mentioned in pulpits much anymore today. I, I know that. And, and you wonder why. You want me to tell you Why? Because a lot of preachers are afraid that if they preach on anything like hell that it's going to push people away and they're going to leave the church and then, then the tithe and offering don't come in anymore and then they're going to leave the church and the church is going to die and they refuse to preach on hell. That's a mistake. Another reason why it's not being preached in pulpits across America today is because you have consultants that are meeting with these church leaders and they're telling them, let me tell you how you grow your church. And they're telling them how to grow their church and they're telling them what words they can use and what words they shouldn't use. And hell is a word you shouldn't use because when you use the word hell, it's not going to be an attractive word. It's not going to be an appealing word. When you've got a new person that walks through the door, they don't want to hear that there's a chance that they could end up hell without Christ. Friend, that's another mistake. That's another lie. We're not trying to be attractive in some sense or appealing to you. Listen, we, we're pleading with you. Like Paul says, we're pleading with you to make sure you got your life right with Christ because there is a real hell. That's what we're doing. We're pleading with you. We're pleading with you to be reconciled back to God. It's a passion. It's a passion. It's a passion. And that's just two reasons. There's many more. How in the world can we refuse to tell the truth and be motivated with a conviction knowing that hell is a real place and not tell anybody when Jesus was the greatest preacher on hell that there was? He preached on the reality of hell. He preached on hell more than he did heaven. He preached on hell more than anybody else in the Bible. Jesus did. He preached a powerful message we find recorded in Mark chapter 9. One of the most powerful messages he ever preached on hell. If I had to put a title to it, I would say this. Anything's better than going to hell. And Jesus said these words, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than two hands and go into hell where the fire never goes out. 
And he says, if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Anything's better than going to hell. And if Jesus, if Jesus, if he warned people about hell, if he warned people about hell, shouldn't we, the church, and listen, you're the church, you're the church, you're the church, I'm the church, shouldn't we be warning people and witnessing to people that hell is a real place? God help us. I ask you, shouldn't we be motivated by a strong conviction that hell is a real place and it's a final place for those that die without Christ? Listen to me, friend. Once you die without Christ, it's over. It's over. It's going to be too late. It's going to, there's going to be no other chances for you to get right with God. And this teaching that's out there that we hear from different places, that there's some purgatory that you go to and there's another chance, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Once you die without Christ, friend, that's it. There's no other chances. That's it. No more chances. No more. No way out. No escape. No release, no relief, no break. Because why? The Bible tells us the hell is final. It's a real place that's final. And I wonder, I, I just asked myself this question. I mean, am I going to be willing to sit on the sidelines and just wait and sing that song? Oh, Jesus is coming back. Oh, hallelujah. Am I going to wait on the sidelines and sing that while my family and my friends and the community bust hell wide open? No, I'm going to preach and I'm going to reach and I'm going to witness and I'm going to win I'm going to do everything I can I'm going to love people I'm going to share the love of Christ I'm going to share my testimony I'm going to give my because of Jesus story everything I can to do what I can to keep people from going to a place called hell what about you? are you motivated with a conviction? give your life to Jesus Christ the greatest thing you could ever do once you do that, you become a witness. And I just encourage anyone here today, friend, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ or you're watching online and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can, you can surrender it all to him right now. He died on the cross for you and for me. He died a death that we couldn't die. He, he was sinless, friend. He's, this, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He died on that cross in our place. We deserved that punishment. We deserved that suffering. And he was placed in the grave. He was placed in the grave. And three days later, he was uh, raised from the dead. And he's alive. And Jesus says in his words, he says, because I live, you can live too. You can have an eternal life. And that's good news to all of us. You can escape the wrath of God, the terror of the Lord. You can escape hell through the work of Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, friend, if you've never done that, you make the decision today. Don't waste another breath. The next thing you need to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. I place my faith in you today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart, God, that you raised him from the dead. And I will call on the name of the Lord, and you will save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and giving me new life. Hallelujah. Make that decision today, friend. I ask you this. Just writing things down. If we're truly passionate about pleasing God and, and we truly have a strong conviction that hell is real, I ask you, how in the world can we sleep at night? 
How in the world can we sleep at night when we know all of our family and friends are around us and we know that without Christ, if they die, they're going to go to hell? How in the world can we stand by? How can we just stand by and do nothing? Do nothing. How can we say we truly love God and we love people when we never share our because of Jesus story and we never even attempt to win somebody to Jesus Christ? I heard a funny story uh, a couple of weeks ago about a gentleman talking about his friend. He's now a pastor. And before he got saved, he was uh, on drugs and alcohol really bad. And he got to the very end of his life. Or he felt like he just had no hope. And, and so he was going to take his life. And you got, the guy said, you got to know my friend. He was, he, you got to know him. That night when he made this decision, he was actually stoned. He was, he was lit. He was high. For whatever word I need to use to communicate that. He was blasted. He said, How you, what'd you do? He said, well, I'll tell you what I decided to do. I was in there and I was walking around the house and I was stoned out of my mind and I said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn the uh, oven on and I'm gonna get in the oven and take myself out. So he turned on the electric oven and opened the door and stuck his head in there and it was so hot in there, he backed down. He said, if hell's like that, I don't wanna go and he gave his life to Jesus right there in his kitchen. Hey. So the next weekend rolled around and all of his buddies came to his house and they were ready to get lit and get high and start partying. They said, look, man, I'm done with all that. And he's like, what in the world? He said, no, I got saved. I'm living for the Lord. Well, tell me what happened. He said, well, I'll show you what happened. You see the oven right there? He turned it on, opened the door. He said, stick your head in there. The guy stuck his head. He said, man, that's hot. He said, well, that's how hell's going to be. You better give your life to the Lord. And that guy got saved too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I don't recommend you try that. But hey... If it works. He was witnessing. He was witnessing. We have a responsibility to the people outside of this church and to those that are outside of the faith of God and we have a responsibility to do something, to do something. Lord, help me to do something. Help this church to do something. Everybody, everybody on mission, everybody on mission. Don't you sense the time is ticking away? God, help us to be motivated like Paul with a, with a compulsion, a passion, to be motivated with a conviction that we truly believe that if they die without Christ, there's the terror of the Lord in a place called hell. And that should motivate us. If you'll come, please. What can we do? Be a witness. Be a witness. Share your story. Tell somebody what the Lord has done in your life. It may not be an oven experience or, or a prison experience, but listen, if you're a follower of Christ, you have experienced the grace of God. You've been saved. Your life has been changed. Talk to people. Tell them. Ask them, are you saved? Would you like to know how to be saved?
you'll go on a journey you never even dreamed of when you start doing that. But it's all got to start with a passion to please God. Is that your passion? Is that your passion to please God, to be a witness? Do you have a passion for lost people? Do you even care? Well, I'm saved and I know I'm good, but you know what? Let them do what they're going to do. Do you have passion for lost people? Do you have a passion to look for them and be willing to take a stand and talk to them? Are you willing to labor for the lost? Are you willing to pray for the lost? We're, we're going to join tomorrow night. We're going to be praying for lost people. Are you passionate about praying for lost people? Or are you always putting them down? Father, give us passion to please you in every good work, in every way, bearing fruit, God, bearing fruit. Make us a fruitful church, God. And give us a conviction right now. I pray right now, everyone in the sound of my voice, have a conviction, a strong persuasion, a strong belief that you know, that you know that if somebody was to die without Christ, friend, they're headed to eternal punishment in a place called hell. Let that move you. Let that move me, Lord. Let it move this church. Move us past being afraid. Move us past, God, any fear that we may be feeling inside of us, God. I pray right now, Lord, that you would do it. Listen, church, listen to me. It's time to witness because it's pleasing to God. It's time to witness because hell is a real place. Would you stand with me, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for every soldier in your army. Lord, that we would have a passion. God, a a passion to please you, God, and and to, to be that witness that you've called us to be, God, and to win people to you, Christ. At least attempt it, God. God, we got to have a passion that's going to drive us, oh God. That's going to push us. That's going to move us forward, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that this church will be a church of passion. Passionately pleasing you, God. And I pray, Lord, that we have, would have a strong persuasion. A strong conviction. Knowing, Lord, that hell is a real place. And Lord, from this passion and from this persuasion... I pray, God, that you would push us forward. (laughs) That we would witness, God, and we would win. Our community, our family, our friends. Lord, let this be the year. Let this be the year, God, that our family is saved. Let this be the year, Lord, that my friends are saved. Let this be the year, Lord, that this community, God, is a great awakening and souls are saved. God, let it be. Let it be, God. Yes, grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Help us, Lord, as your church to do something, Lord. 
Lord, I praise you right now, Lord. And Father, I pray right now if there's anyone watching or either here on campus that's not sure that they're saved, whether boy or girl, man or woman, whoever it may be, and they're not sure that heaven is in their future, I pray right now that they would give their life to you, Jesus. Just pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And right now, I believe that you died on the cross in my place. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I'm trusting God that through you, my sins are forgiven and I can have eternal life in you, Christ Jesus. So today, I receive you into my life. Come live in me, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I receive you and the gift of salvation right now. In your name, Jesus. In your name, I pray. I pray. Amen. You may be here today and maybe you've made that decision for the first time of you recommitted your life back to the Lord. I wish you would please let me know or somebody know so we could pray for you. If you're watching on our live stream today, you can make some kind of indication there that you've made a decision to follow Christ. But I pray you'll be encouraged. I pray that you'll be challenged. And I pray that when you walk out these doors that you will be a witness and you will attempt to win people to Christ because of the passion you have for him to please him and because of the conviction knowing what waits those who die without Jesus Christ. God uses us.